Welcome to the newest episode of the P's and Q's podcast. Uh, we're super excited to be back. Uh, we're sorry for the delay with the short week and everything. Had a little bit of trouble getting everything together, but we're super excited to be back. I'll uh, let Quell introduce himself. Yes, sir. It's I, Mark Quell from Owens, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of the P's and Q's podcast. Uh, as brother said, we missed you last week. It was a tough week. I'm sure, though, you guys had no reason to want to hear our voice, though, after the performance <laughs> we put on. It was terrible. Yeah. I mean, at least the team was resilient. Of course, before we get into the Tampa game, because we had not talked to you guys in a while, we want to get a chance to get into the Carolina game. Well, um, even before guys, that, even before that, that, bro, even before that, I got to ask you, how's the weather in Philadelphia? How are we feeling? Is it, is it drizzling? It's definitely not sunny. I know that for sure. How would you say it is? Uh, it is definitely not sunny. <laughs> if I had to put it, if I had to put it in a way, the weather in Philadelphia is about as good as it was the day we had the fog bowl. Very mm-hmm. blurry. The vision is very blurred. Mm-hmm. Nobody can seem to come to an agreement on anything. Is it Nick? Is it Jalen? Who's the who's at fault? I mean, I'm on one hand and not the type of guy to want to put the blame on either or because mm-hmm. if you're going to say you're a team, you all work hard enough to get this back yourself. So you all mm-hmm. got to take the blame yourself. Everybody has to be better. But it's definitely a foggy day in Philadelphia. I agree. I agree. But you know what? I would say that uh, even though it's a, it's a foggy day, I think it'll be clearing up soon. You know, we, we, we said this at the in our first pause of the season that, like, the first half of the season was going to be brutal. It was literally like a murder's row. Like, you know, there was, you know, it was just going through the gauntlet, but now, you know, things are easing up and we're playing teams that we can handle. You know, we're going to talk about it later, but this Raiders game is something that's a totally winnable game for this team. If we just do what we do and just do it right, you know, but, uh, but we'll get into that in a little bit. So uh, you were saying uh, let's get into Carolina, right? Yeah, let's get a little bit on that real quick. Kyle, what's your thoughts on the Carolina game, man? It's big, right? Like, we finally saw, like, you know, the defense playing. Um, we just – the picks for, uh, like, in, in the in the end zone are just, like, killing us, man. Like, I don't know if they're just watching us. Like, I've seen some, like, clips on, on Twitter and stuff of other teams getting away with uh, ineligible linemen downfield on RPOs and – and pick plays and stuff like that. But, and people are like, why are they just going after the Eagles? But I think what it just comes down to is we got caught early and a lot. And once you get caught, they're going to be looking for it. And, you know, you have to be good about it. And, 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 and I'm pretty sure it was, it was G Ward. Now it, it's been a while, but on that one, you know, he, you got to sell it, you know, that that's what Erds did so well, you know, talk about him later too, but you know, he, he would turn around and put his hands up, you know, and then you look like you're running a hitch or something, but, you know, instead of just like looking to get your arm into the guy or something, just get in his way. But, you know, maybe we're overcomplicating things. Smitty can get open in the red zone on his own. He's an elite separator. Let him do those types of things. Um, I liked some of the signs of growth. Um, I saw, I love seeing Davion play. I know I'm jumping all over the place, but um, we have like a linebacker, it feels like, right? Like uh, he's flying around. You see the speed, you know, they talk about speed and, there's guys who are fast on a track and then there's guys who are fast on a football field and, and, and Davion's got both. So, you know, you really love to see that. Uh, and he's strong. So uh, right. I think as, as he needs to play more so that his play recognition, everything like that can um, increase as time goes on. Um, what, what an end too. I mean, like with the Eagles, we just, we can't do it without making the entire fan base lose some hair, but like, Dude, that was that that ending was so cold blooded. Like Jalen, one hand's a snap, like oh, just around, and then to Smitty of all people, too. Like it was just it, it, it was it was like it was from a movie. So 
Um, and then, and then you got to give a, a shout out to, to Darius Slay. You know, he showed out and he got to do what he's wanted to do since he came here. And that was shadow a number one receiver um, and, and play a lot of man too at that. And, uh, and he, he showed that he still got it. You know, a lot of people were asking questions. No picks. Did he have one pick last year or was it no picks? Was it? I think he had one. Yeah, yeah, it was something really – because in Detroit, he, like, he got his hands on the ball a good amount, and last year it was just, like, nothing. So, you know, you, you, you love to see that. Um, and and, uh, and, and shout-out to, uh, to Sean Bradley. What a, what a, what a, um, a block on your, on your ex-coach, too, of all people. Like, that's, that's got to feel really good. Um, and then uh, TJ Edwards just scooped the ball up, dude. Just, 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 just try. But uh, he said he, it took a weird bounce, so – it happens. Um, but yeah, I just, uh, I was encouraged by a lot of what I saw. There's still obviously a lot of room for growth. And, you know, some of the things that we did don't work against good teams. And we quickly saw that the following Thursday. Um, but why don't you tell me some of uh, what you, uh, what you were thinking after the game? Uh, you're talking Carolina, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, Pretty much a lot of basically what you said. You hit it on the nail, man. First, let's start with big play slay. Big play slay, big play slay, man. There was a much-needed performance. For a lot of the game, the offense was out of sync, for lack of a better term. Couldn't get the ball moving. It was frustrating to watch, very frustrating to watch. Mm -hmm. But for for some odd reason, watching the entirety of watching the game, I never really felt like we were out of it. Like I guess mm -hmm. it was just goes into giving credit for how well the defense was playing. But Absolutely. as you said, Slay, Slay had a chance to play some man. Of course, we all know it's well documented how well DJ Moore has been playing this season up until that mm -hmm. point. So it was great. But we, what was even better to see is that when Slay got his interceptions, he wasn't even playing man. So that was more so like schematic things where, yeah, he did his job covering his own. But that was great scheming by Jonathan Gannon. Like on the first one, that was him in the cover, too. He sunk mm -hmm. down at first when the they tried to uh, Donald tried to float it over to the top to more. He was in great position to get to that that one. The second one, I think that was more of a quarterback interception. But hey, you can't take it away from Slade. Slade was in the cover three on the second one. Donald kind of threw the ball slightly behind DJ Moore, but mm -hmm. still, either way, great <laughs> coverage by Slade. Big time plays when we needed them. Big time plays mm -hmm. when we needed them. Um, in, in terms of the offense, as I said, really wish they would have got going earlier, but. I mean, you can't criticize a victory. So you got to get mm -hmm. it how you live. Then the yep. fact that, like, the resiliency, that's the one thing I love the most about this football team so far. They're really resilient. It gets frustrating to watch over the course of a 60-minute game, over 17 games a year. But when you sit and look at all of the games, like, they have played, some, played as you said, a hellacious role competition so far. And to sit mm -hmm. here and say there hasn't been really one game, I guess maybe Dallas, but mm -hmm. there, outside of that, there hasn't really been one game where I sat here and was like, the Eagles don't have a chance to win this game. Like they were always in all of these games. So yeah. just the resiliency of this team, man, it's it's really good to see the resiliency of this offense. I I, I totally agree. Um, you know, and you mentioned it at the beginning that like it there was so much unevenness with the off offense at the beginning you know they just couldn't find their footing but it's it's the resiliency that just kept me so encouraged throughout the game I just throughout the season I've just never felt like the team quit and and it's one thing for a team not to quit but this team doesn't quit in a good way you know they're not like oh they're trying real hard but they're not doing anything this team is putting up points they're starting to figure things out and I just I keep urging myself and, and people that I talk to to just remember that we're such a young team, you know, like we're still just our most important players are in at so many positions are just playing their first couple games and just really getting their footing in the NFL. And we're, we've played against established players and, and, and guys who know their place in the league and, and know how the league works and things like that. So um, seeing that they don't quit no matter who they're playing or what the score might be, is is just is really good to see and it bodes well for Sirianni for the future I know there's like reports out about he's not gonna lose his job or anything and people are like oh it's not good that it's coming out right now but I don't know this team really seems to 
you know, connect with him and want to play hard for him. And I think that's really important. The biggest thing I can think of from this scenario right here is uh, Bengals head coach, Zach Taylor, brother mm -hmm. of our former offensive coordinator, Press Taylor, actually. Hey, mm -hmm. shout out Press. That was Press. Yeah. But, <laughs> I mean. And Doug Doug. Yeah, man. <laughs> but obviously, it, it, it was ugly for a while in Cincinnati. They went all them weeks without winning a game. Like, what was it, two years ago? Mm -hmm. Before they got Burrow, they got their hands on Burrow. And I mean, yeah, you saw some light, but still a struggling franchise. But then you look at them next year, and it's like, as I just said, you could see the light at the end of the tunnel. And I mean, yeah. just because you can see the light doesn't mean that it's going to be an easy road to get there. It wasn't easy to get to the path that you are now. But mm -hmm. as long as you can see continuous progress, that's what you want to see. And I mean, my whole purpose of bringing up the Bengals and Zach Taylor is like, I believe it was after, it was a Thursday night game they played. I'm not sure who it was against, I don't remember. But it was a Thursday night game they played, I believe. And just after the game, man, they pulled off the victory. He literally sat on the side, like not on the sideline, but at the front of the tunnel waiting for every single player. He I saw that. He hooked every single player. Mm -hmm. And you can tell that they all like, just enjoy little stuff like that, man. Where yeah. you love you. It, it's so easy to invest in people that invest in you, basically. And you That's can a great way to put it. Invested to his team, so why wouldn't they buy into him? That's a great and way to put it. Exactly, man. If Nick can basically, like, as Jalen say all the time, as everybody say in the locker room, I mean, you play in Philadelphia, man. The media, the the fans, we loud. You're gonna hear mm -hmm. us. So, but Derek Carr says something real crazy because obviously we're gonna we we play the Raiders today. I mean, this week. Yeah. So we're gonna touch on them. But I was looking at a little bit of his press conference from this week just to see what he was saying about us. And he had a quote that really stuck with me. And he say he, he's been hearing it from his older brother, David, when he was growing up. He hears it from the new coaching staff that they got in place now after the, that unfortunate circumstance. But basically, he says, you're going to get praised. You're going to get criticized. Ignore both because neither matters. Basically, all that matters is what's going on in-house, man. If you're doing your job, you stick with what you got to do. That's all. It's like, just basically like they're saying, 1% better, man. As long as you believe in a man next to you, mm -hmm. I mean, it really doesn't matter what we're saying. So mm -hmm. I feel like if, as long as we can keep seeing the team put in the effort that they put in on Sundays, like we see, obviously they bought into what Sirianni's saying, no matter how much the fan base or the media seems to want to harp on all the things that he said prior to the season. I mean, yeah, it just everybody's takes, like, one, it takes more than one year. I, exactly. And and ex based on that, exactly. It's just, I've said this in the podcast before, I think, and it's that like Lurie and Roseman both said at the beginning of the season when they hired Sirianni that they were excited about the coach that he could be. And it was curious phrasing at the time. And we can obviously kind of see why that was a phrasing, but, you know, they're excited about what he's going to progress into. And, and, uh, and, and Zach Taylor is a great example of that. And you see it even in like the, I saw that video that you were talking about. And I also saw one of, of the, uh, I think it was the, the, their Thursday night win as well. I think it was inside the locker room and just like how much he connects with like every player is just, it, it's obvious. And, and the team wants to play for him. And, and you saying that it's easy to invest in someone that invests in you is so true. When that coach shows you that like, you know, I have faith in you and like, you know, I'm here for you and I'm working with you. And that, like, we're going to work through this together instead of just, like, you know, a lot of coaches are just, like, oh, the player's got to figure it out or, or or do these types of things. And sometimes it's warranted. Don't get me wrong. But other times it's just, like, you know, it's good that you have a coach who's there and who's willing to just, like, ride for you and and is, uh, is just willing to work hard with you. I think that's just what's most important. They're not just leaving you out there on your own. Exactly, man. That is the that's the best way to put. It. That's the most important part. As long as you continue to grow, hey, you know my favorite saying, man. Rome was definitely not built in a day. <laughs> Actually, it was yep. a million, one yep. million ten thousand four hundred and fifty. <laughs> like it take time, basically, man. You can't rush perfection. It's okay. Exactly. Mm -hmm. No, yeah, that's that's exactly. It. You can't rush perfection, and we have to just consider that, like. 
it's tough for us now. Like we came from winning a Super Bowl and now we have our expectations so high. Doug Peterson's first season here wasn't great. Andy Reid's first season here wasn't great. You know, and that's not to say that, you know, Sirianni's like the next Andy Reid. Maybe he could be. You know, I still have faith in the guy, but, you know, we have to just be more patient with these people. I know we've tasted the top and, you know, now we know what it's like, but I have to just chill out a little bit and, and, and let the team grow. Every Everybody who scored a touchdown in that game is not on the team anymore. That's that's nuts. Exactly, man. It's a new era. Exactly. No. It's, it's crazy to even think about it like that. Mm-hmm. It really is. It really is. So Carolina, good. Tampa Bay, bad. Why don't we get into it a little bit? Ugly. Very, very, mm-hmm. very, very ugly. I mean, where to start, where to start, where to start. <laughs> it just was an all-around tough game, man. Like, I had my notes all prepared, heading into Tampa Bay, and just everything pointed to, to Eagles, no good, not going to win. Like, just when you think about, like, I was saying it all week on Twitter. I said it during the game. Bucks led the league. They led the whole NFL with 96 blitzes, man. The Eagles were dead last with 22. Like, you do the math. Obviously, those two different sides of the ball, but you, you're talking about a rookie quarterback playing against a team that's going to blitz you every, every down versus a veteran quarterback, arguably the greatest of all time, that's playing against a team that don't blitz at all. Like, yeah. do you want to win the game? Like, oh, man. But – it was like everything that just wasn't pointing our way because aside from the blitzing, like we played zone. We played mm-hmm. zone probably 84. I believe last week was 82.4% of our snaps. I don't know what the number has increased or decreased to heading into this week, but that wasn't heading into Thursday night game. And just Tom Brady had completed 75% of his passes versus the zone. He got a, a 101.2 passer rating heading into last week. So, I mean, maybe it would have been ideal to play some man against them. But then mm-hmm. when you cut on the tape from the week before when they played Miami, that's exactly what Miami tried to do, play man. And Miami got absolutely terrorized by Tom Brady. So it was like, what do you do? So, I mean, it, it was it was far, definitely not a surprise for it to yeah. look like that. Um, definitely not. I mean, it was really encouraging that we got up to five yards to carry last week. We the first team all year to get over five yards, over four yards to carry against the Buccaneers on the season. So run the damn ball, I guess. Right. But, Dude, I mean, I was at the game, and e- even though we scored that touchdown, like on that first drive, like I was like, oh, we could kind of do this. But at the same time, I knew we just couldn't because – we didn't get down the field if it wasn't for the penalty. And yeah, the penalties are part of it sometimes, but dude, just why can't we hit on the deep ball anymore? Like he was doing it last year, you know, and even at the beginning of this year, it's just like the timing is off. Something is just, I, I, I don't know. I just, those, some of those passes on Thursday were just really ugly. A lot of them, man, like even just like the one I touched on in the group chat, man, where, Sometimes Jalen just got to do do things to make life easier on itself. Like, mm-hmm. uh, well, I can't necessarily remember exactly what it was in terms of quarter and time span on the game, but I know, I think it was like a third down. But mm-hmm. important play, important possession. Eagles need some points. Tampa Bay came out. It, they showed single half first, but they at the start of the snap, they rotated to a double half, two man under. Obviously, those of you who know who want to know about the concept two man under is basically your two a lot, a lot of what Jonathan Gannon does you keep two high safeties and their job is basically patrolling half field on each side so nothing better get back beyond you on that half of the field so basically cornerbacks got freedom at that point because you know he's not going to run past you if he does you got help over the top which allows you to be so aggressive on everything underneath slants um, outside out routes comeback routes which is exactly what was ran on this play Devonta ran a comeback route and I'm not understanding mm-hmm. exactly why Hurts targeted Devonta on a comeback route especially when you take into account everything I just laid out coverage is <laughs> over the top which means cornerback <laughs> gonna be aggressive on a like it just wasn't smart and then when yeah. you look at the film and you see he had three three other routes running towards the middle of the field and it's like like I said man sometimes you gotta make life easier on yourself I like I get you trying to get your playmakers the ball 
and all this but yeah no i appreciate you saying that i I appreciate because like sorry to interrupt but like now you're just talking talking about the middle of the field is exactly it and we've been talking kind of criticizing sirianni for um not targeting the middle of the field and this kind of comes down to sirianni and hurts who is it it's also just kind of chicken in the egg but just you know sirianni is also having plays open up in the middle of the field but jalen just doesn't want to take the throws and so we're like you know Jalen can do it. He just has to try. Well, Sirianni is giving him the chance, but Jalen has to pull the trigger. And it's because he just, he always just waits that half second to make sure they're open. He doesn't trust himself enough. And it's just like, dude, just, just let her rip, you know, just, 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 you know, trust yourself and, and, and just throw the ball. You know, you can't like keep waiting. Cause that half second, that half hitch is all that safety needs to go, go there and, and make a play or the corner, whoever it is, you know, and it just throws off the timing by that much. He's just got to, like, take in what he's seeing and just target it right away. You know, it's got to be reactionary. It can't be this whole, like, got to take a second, crazy open, and then throw it. I don't know. What do you think about that? Yeah, man. Like, I touched on that a little bit earlier between talking to you guys and on Twitter. I just don't see the anticipation with Jalen that I saw a little bit last year. It's like, mm-hmm. And, I mean, you make sense. That makes sense coming from young quarterbacks because, like, I just released the article this week. Uh, it's called "The Rise of the Hurts Empire," Volume Two. Where basically, great article. I had the Read opportunity. It. Appreciate that, brother. I had the mm-hmm. opportunity to work with Mark Schofield prior to the season. Great man, one of the best minds in the business. Man, quarterback one in our world, quarterback one in our heart. But <laughs> I mean, it's just when you look at some of the things that Mark was saying about Jalen prior to the season, like just basically. What do you think Jalen can be as a quarterback? Who is Jalen right now? And you see some of the things he was saying about him. Like, he, he's at his best when he recognizes a, something pre-snap, and it's the same as what he's saying post-snap, which is what you saw to the touchdown pass to uh, Devonta. Mm-hmm. And, like, against Atlanta, the first game. Yeah. Where when he hit him. showed single half, cover three, he understood he had – Devonta running like more more so of a, a wheel route coming beyond Earth's pick. Like it was just common sense. Great anticipation right there because he was comfortable. I just feel like he has to be too comfortable sometimes. Yeah. And like when you play, when you play in the NFL, you rarely ever gonna be comfortable, which just goes back to the whole conversation we had a couple of pods ago where I'm like, when you're a quarterback, you're rarely ever gonna make the same repetition. I don't care if you're running the same yeah. play, throwing it to the same receiver, doing the same step drop all of that because nothing the coverage the the way people execute all that is always too completely different for they be the same so you got to be able to adjust on the fly as the quarterback and i mean of course as we always say he's young barely what 10 games in like yeah. he hasn't I, I think we really forget that while we drafted Jalen last year and Jalen was the spark that we needed last year Jalen hasn't even started a full season worth of games and yeah. i just feel like it's completely unfair for Jalen because He's basically in the middle of a one-year audition. It sucks, man. It sucks. And, and we, I think we talked about this. Maybe we didn't talk about it on the pod, but we definitely talked about it before the season. Like, give the guy a chance. Like, just the way that we, they've handled all this, like the Deshaun rumors, he's not on any of, like, the uh, programs or anything forever. Carson was still on the link forever. Um, it just it, it just felt like he's gotten the short end of the stick. And, um, like – of course, it's it's amazing to have, um, you know, uh, Jalen come in last year and everything. But this year, it's totally different. He's the starter, but he's also coming in with a totally different offense. You know, everything is changing. So he's had six games in this offense, you know. So we just have to keep understanding that this team is growing. That being said, if you're talking about being uncomfortable. I think the difference between the really, you know, good quarterbacks and the really great quarterbacks, the difference between – Kirk Cousins and Derek Carr and, you know, like Lamar and, you know, Russell Wilson and Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers and and Brady, obviously, is you just have to be, you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And with guys like Kirk and Derek, as soon as they get pressure in their face, I mean, you've seen Derek Carr's a good guy, but dude, dude, that was one of the softest things I've seen on a football field. He sees a uh, D lineman coming at him and he curled up into a ball. Like, Bro, with all the new quarterback rules that are in and everything, you're, I, I get he's had traumatic injuries and everything, so I'm not trying to, you know, make fun of that or anything. But it just goes to show that, like, 
you know, some quarterbacks are, you know, they thrive in that chaos. And that's kind of what we've thought Jalen is. And he kind of does that, but his tendency is to create the chaos too early and then try to be comfortable in it. How about you let the chaos come to you, but show that you can manage it, you know? So he needs to learn to sit in the pocket a little bit more and then create when he needs to, you know, Kirk Cousins is, you know, he's getting the ball out quick, but you you get pressure on Kirk. You hit him a couple of times and he's not going to, he's not going to do what you need him to do for the rest of the game. So Jalen's a tough dude. He needs to just stay in, he's, he's stayed in the pocket and made those throws before too. Stay in there and then just, you know, he's got to just get used to that. Get used to there's going to be pressure around you and just get that ball out quick. Move only when you need to, because otherwise you're making life hard on you and your tackles. Exactly, man. Exactly. I mean, before I get in on that, I must say, while I agree with a little of what you said, I mean, I like to think this same for any quarterback. If you can get enough hits on them, they all can curl into a ball. But based on what I've seen on tape for at least this year, maybe not last year or every year that wasn't that almost MVP season to the stuff with that gruesome injury that you spoke on. But this year, Derek Carr has been a baller against the Blitz, man, a baller. Like, I was watching some film from this week on the last week when they played against Denver. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just so many different times where they, they sent some pressure at Derek, and it was like, okay, cool. Watch this settle in, stay calm, and deliver. His footwork in the pocket, just stepping up. Like you can tell he trusts his offensive line right now, which is crazy yeah. because he's on pace to be sacked 51 times. So it's like, yeah, dang. Okay. I, I guess you just balling out. You trust your receipt. He trusts somebody for him to sit in the pocket like that. Cause it was even a play that I almost sent to you earlier, or I almost mm-hmm. posted as well, where basically this is what we would like to see from Jalen, where you can see the right tackle, or was it the left tackle? I think it might have been Colton Miller. Cole Miller got beat on one side, and Derek Carr just basically just stepped up nice and gently. He understood, like, the pocket was collapsing around him. The pocket looked real ugly. It was bodies everywhere around him. He just stepped up a little bit, delivered a bomb, a bomb to Henry Ruggs down the field. Like, just mm-hmm. beautiful. And that's what you want to you look for in your quarterback, man. Sometimes I get you got to escape, especially when you have your skill set to get away from it, to make things happen, to extend the plays. Cool. But sometimes, like, there was a play against Tampa this week where, I, don't, I mean, I, I don't want to say I don't get why he failed because I understand. Cause I, like, the concept looked familiar. It's, I think it was the same play that I was talking about where they showed, well, similar concept where they showed single half. And then it rotated to two-man under. And basically, the, it looked like Devin White was coming on a delayed list. It looked like Devin, Devin White's role was whatever Miles Sanders was doing. And it mm-hmm. looked like Miles Sanders was a blocker at first. So Devin White looked like he he started to come into a blitz. But as he crept up, Miles peeked out the backfield. So then he hurried up and went follow Miles. And they had Joe Triton, Joe Triton as the spy on Hurts. But I guess Hurts was kind of thrown off by the almost delayed blitz by White. And he kind of yeah. like bailed to the right side. And he just ran right into the quarterback contained on the right side. And it was like, come on, bro. You had like, I get why you felt uncomfortable. But you sometimes you got to let the play develop right there because that same yeah. play you got two like he had two people he had Smitty open on a crosser underneath and then he had Quiz coming right behind Smitty on the backside did right over top so he had both the oh both guys yeah. open in the middle of the field you just got to stay calm got, sometime absolutely and if you got that extra pressure you know somebody's open downfield exactly you, know, you just, you just got to know that you know, like I know I'm saying that like you know sitting in front of my computer but he's got he's got to just know that. You know, and I and I mean to take anything away from from Derek Carr. I know he's been balling this season. The reason I remembered it is because Joey Bosa said something about it. So I just looked up the yeah. quote. He said, "We knew once we hit him a few times, he gets really shook." And you saw on Covington's sack, he was pretty much curling into a ball before we even got there. Great dude, great player, but we know once you go, uh, we know once you get pressure on him, he kind of shuts down. I thought that was so funny, bro. That he just like he said that, and I just remember seeing that hit, but. Um, besides the point, he's had a great season and, he, and he's, he's a great player. Uh, just need yeah, to yeah, get man. that in. <laughs> but he's going to be curling up again this weekend. Josh Sweat's coming. Oh, man, not even just Josh Sweat, man. They That Raiders offensive line isn't really ideal. Like mm-hmm. I said, he's on pace to be sacked 51 times right now. So that that's our best chance right there because in terms of, like, the rest of their defense, I like their offense versus our defense. I like a lot of what they got going on outside of 
just the offensive line versus their offensive line versus our defensive line. That's the big advantage right there. The Should we just get into that right now? And then we can yeah. uh, discuss the players after that. So why don't we just get into the game? Why don't you uh, give me a little overview in, your, in, in the matchup that you're looking forward to most? Well, the matchup I'm looking forward to most in general is I have to remember, I think he lands, I think he should see mostly Lane Johnson, who should play. That's the same one I was going to say too, bro. But Max Crosby, Mm -hmm. difference maker. Difference maker. He he probably fell off a little bit last year because he played through a lot of injuries, but he honestly should have won rookie of the year in 2019. If he would, he would have. You know me, I'm a Buckeye guy, so I'm not going to complain. Shout out Bosa. But yeah, that that Bosa name won him that award because Max probably really should have won that award. I mean, Bosa had nine sacks. Bosa had nine sacks. Max had ten. Now I have to look into like the tackle for loss and all that because I don't want to act like Bosa didn't wreck havoc. Yeah, yeah, like he didn't look like a rookie. But Max was really dominant his rookie season. So see what he's putting on this year. Like, it's not really surprising at all. The kid, mm-hmm. he gets to the quarterback. He makes a difference when he does get to the quarterback. Like, I see he leads the league in pressures right now, pressure on the quarterback. He leads uh, – he's pro football focuses top player in terms of, like, win rate, getting to the quarterback and shit. And it's like the man is playing really good football. Really, so he, really It good doesn't football. really matter if he's matched up against Lane Johnson or Jordan Mailata. He – they both were going to have their hands full this week. Yeah, I was about to say, he's, he's going to be a handful. I mean, he's 6'5", 255, and he's just just dominant with his hands. It, like, he's just so violent when he uses his hands. Like, whenever you watch any plays of him, like, you know, he, it's just – it's like tape for D-linemen, just, just punching dudes and throwing them to the sides. It's awesome. Um, you know, the uh, a matchup that I'm just kind of looking forward to is oh, obviously that, you know, that one I was just super excited about. Um, Yannick Ngakwe um, is also mm-hmm. um, is also really good. You know, we were talking about maybe trading for him last year. Uh, that, that was a possibility. Our name was in there a lot. I don't know if Carl Nassib is going to play, um, but their D-line is, is pretty good. But um, what I'm most excited for is just seeing, um, you know, their receivers versus versus our, our, our D-backs. I think it's going to be a really good test. Um, they're not like – you know, unreal receivers or anything, but Henry Ruggs has, has been getting his, his feet under him. He's been kind of getting used yeah, to the league man. a little bit more. Zay Jones too. I was, I always really liked Zay Jones coming out of, where was it? Was it ECU? Is it, is that yeah. where it was? Yeah. Was like, ECU. I mean, yep. And of course my guy, Hunter Renfro, dude is cold with the routes. So I'm just, I'm excited to see that matchup against, um, against our D-backs. I just want to see if we can hold up, you know, Ruggs can, obviously take the top off your defense. Uh, I just, uh, I hope we can, we can contain that. And then um, obviously I'm going to, I'm going to throw him in along with the wide receivers because that's pretty much what he is. And that's Waller. Um, We've done a great job with um, opposing tight ends this year. Uh, You've talked about it at at length. Let's see if we can continue on. Uh, I think Waller has the most yards for, tight ends at this point of the season though so he's uh balling as usual yeah man if i know i, I haven't i don't want to act like i had a chance to watch every single raiders game but between the, the film i watched this week and i checked out a couple of their games to start the season i know it isn't as bad as it was at the start of the season but the start of the season it looked like Carl was looking at at waller every play every mm-hmm. pass was going his he was a fantasy football monster i'm like he was about to demolish travis kelsey this year but it seems like Hunter, I mean, yeah, Hunter Renfro, Zay Jones, Henry Ruggs, all the guys. See, Derek Carr is getting a bit more comfortable with his guys now. So, yeah, that's, it's, 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 it's really good to see. Actually, on Sunday against Denver, Derek Carr actually targeted 10 different receivers. So, he, he is wow. sure spreading the rock around this week. Seeing the field. Well, he's spreading the rock. Yeah. He, like, he, he legit might be the league's best deep passer right now. Like, he's going to give his guys a shot. And he was saying something during his press conference as well. Where he was like, the, his favorite thing about being able to give his guys a shot now is because, A, they're getting open. Like, how he could speak with Henry Ruggs and how he has history with talking to guys and the guy. Like, you know how receivers are. They want the ball. Hey, yeah. I did this, and I'm going to do this, and I promise I'm going to be open. And he was like, dude, you're not open. 
But when Henry says something, he's like, okay, I see you seeing what I'm seeing. So that's cool. Then when you can apply that to the, to the, what's on the, not just practice, but in the mm-hmm. game, it's like, okay, it's cool. But he was also getting into like how he feels confident because he knows that when he throws the ball up, either his receivers are coming down with it or no one is. I believe I saw he had what, 10 touchdowns, four picks this season. So, and it's not that, that he's being super accurate with it. It's just, his receivers are bailing him out a whole lot. Like mm-hmm. they understand that if they can't get the ball, they need to be defenders right now. So and, and he sometimes, said he loves that about this guy, man. Absolutely. And sometimes you just kind of catch that lucky streak. I mean, Carson had like that uh, had an unreal season and he's he's had like a whole lack of interceptions as well. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, we go back even farther. Nick had the twenty-seven and three. Was was that what it was? And two. 27 and two. I had a feeling it was two and I wanted to go up to three for some reason. Like, you know, sometimes you just catch fire and there's, you know, the mm-hmm. defense just isn't, isn't making the picks. There's no conceivable way to explain exactly just what the <laughs> hell's going on, but it's just working and you're not good. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. So exactly. Um, that's, that's pretty funny. Uh, but yeah, he's, he's playing at a, at a really high level. Uh, and, uh, and, and what else, what else, what else do you think? Um, but just basically, as I say, our biggest chance, I don't want to say like the game is unwinnable, but I mm-hmm. think that it's, go- it's going to be much harder than a lot of Eagles fans gave it credit for. I feel like my best, like the, the one thing that I'm hanging my head on the most is obviously this is a team in this May, for lack of a better term, you just fired your head coach. Yeah. Like it, they obviously have a lot going on, but at the same time, if the performance that they saw, that like, we saw them put on last week against Denver is anything like, I don't want to say they feel free because they love playing for John. They were happy playing with John. Like John was had like leading them in the right direction. But mm-hmm. in the same breath of saying that, so many players have come out and say, yeah, I feel like I got a bigger role in the offense now. Like they used the hell out King and Drake last week. And King and Drake, I don't know, like, yeah. it felt like they just gave him some free money this offseason the way they just weren't using them. They kept using Peyton Barber. And I'm like, you got King and Drake. I, I thought your running back was hurt. That's why you brought in King and Drake. But, yeah, yeah. He, caught, he caught a couple touchdown passes this week, so he had a nice role. They're mm-hmm. not really super aggressive in terms of running the ball, but if, if we allow them to get in third and short manageables, fourth and manageables, don't be surprised if they go for because they trust Josh Jacobs in those situations. They mm-hmm. will let him see the ball. <laughs> and, I mean, I understand why. He's a, a, a held up a terrible bring down. He, yeah, so many broken tackles since he got into the league, man. Broken tackle machine. So, Absolutely. I feel like uh, as long as our defensive line can get some pressure on him, then uh-huh. we we can definitely stay into a football game. But their skill position players against our skill position players on defense, and particularly like King and Drake and Darren Waller matched up against our linebackers, is where everything gets interesting. <laughs> yeah, that'll that, that'll be interesting for us for sure, and just. You know, not hopefully in a good way, but I don't I don't know how that'll work. But you know, on the flip side, this is going to be another week where everybody's going to be saying one thing, and it's run the damn ball. And yeah, bro. Reason, you know, this Raiders defense does not hold up well against the run, and you know that just means we have to we have to we have to lean on it. And I mean, Sirianni said it today. I mean, he said it before, but he said we need to get Miles the ball. And, you know, hopefully we do that. And I think maybe it's starting to come around the realization. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm glad you actually brought this up, though, because I've been meaning to get to this, honestly, since the Carolina game. Like, it it started at first, the beginning of the season. It was was kind of – I was kind of feeling bad for Miles, like, Damn, why won't they give him the ball? What's going on? I mean, I understand we're not at the practices. Maybe they like what Kenny G brings to the team. I don't want to take anything away from Kenny. Kenny's a ball that he's been balling. But we know as we've seen Miles for like the last two, three years to see exactly what he could bring to us, to bring to the mm-hmm. table. So we know it's like it was just strange. But then when you see like it's like how we discussed last time on a pod where Sometimes you're just trying to do too much. You miss the simple hold. Just do what you need to do. Hit the gap. And then you see the things like against Carolina where, dude, just stay in bounds. What are you doing? Then you had the nerve to do oh, it twice. Dude. Yeah, we didn't even it's talk like, about it. Like Twice. I said, I, what I, I, are I you doing? It. When he did it the second time, I said it. I'm like, oh, he's about to get pulled. And yep, the very yep. next play, 
Kenny G was in for the rest of the game. I was like, he about to get pulled out already. I know it. Like, dude, you're not a rookie anymore. Like, what, what are you doing? It's like, I mean, at least he's not like DK where he's like talking smack to Shannon Sharp about going out of bounds. And, you know, that was <laughs> one of the most OD things I've ever seen. But, like, I was like, I was screaming at the TV. I was like, I was like, Miles, like, dude, get out of bounds. What are you doing? Or don't get out of bounds. Sorry, stay in bounds. Like, and, he, and it just blows my mind, dude. There's something going on because last year he had the wherewithal against the Giants. Maybe it was the year before. To yeah, go down after he broke zone. the run. That's like, the first thing I thought about. I just, I don't know what's going on. Maybe it's because of, like, the way the season has gone that he's kind of getting into his head. But I just, I hope he can figure it out. Because, dude, if he can get back to the way he was playing last year and Kenny G plays the same way that he's been playing, that is an unreal tandem. And then you still got Boston Scott, you know, for when you want to play the Giants. So, you know. <laughs> but you know, I just think it's re- exactly but you know I just I really hope he figures it out man or you know, otherwise I mean we can talk about this in the in the next segment but you know I think it might be time for him to get traded or something um, yeah like I said we could talk about this in the next segment but sorry I could cut you off you can continue man I just had to throw that in there you're totally right man um but honestly I really don't have much left just you know I just want to make sure that make sure I just hope that Sirianni runs the ball you know just make a concerted effort just run some freaking drop plays dude you know it's not that hard we don't have to overcomplicate everything um you know it just seems like he's trying too hard and it's like dude do what you said you were going to do and that's just do the easy things right and put your players in the best positions to succeed for themselves you don't need to overcomplicate it you know I know Jalen did a lot of RPO at Oklahoma Maybe it's not working here. Find something else that works. You know, it, the, the rules in the NFL and college are different. That, there's a reason college offenses didn't, you know, necessarily make the evolution exactly how they were historically. You know, so everything has to change a little bit. We need to just look internally and, and, and move for, forward from there. But That's unless you have anything – Yeah. Uh, uh, unless you got anything else on the Raiders game, why don't we just move on to the uh, – the good and the bad section. One last thing before we say bye to everybody about some players. Um, well, just lastly on the Raiders game, man, yeah. like you said, we definitely have to run the ball, man. Like I said earlier, when the Eagles got up to five yards per carry against Tampa Bay, the first team in the season to do that against Tampa, who was the number one rush defense in the league. Obviously, mm-hmm. I think the Eagles are like, what, in the top five in terms of rush, like rushing? So it's mm-hmm. like, obviously, it's there. Last week, the Raiders gave up 112 yards on the ground. Obviously, that doesn't sound like a whole lot, but when you when you hear that they gave up 4.9 yards per carry to Denver, it's like, obviously, we got five yards per carry on the first rush defense. We should be able to get five yards per carry on these guys who let Denver mm-hmm. do it. So, I mean, but I feel like the same way I said for us, off, our, our defensive line against their offensive line is key. Their defensive line against our offensive line is just as big. Because mm-hmm. last week they let Teddy Bridgewater put up three touchdowns, 334 yards. Like, it looked like a good game. But then you take into account Teddy also had three turnovers because their defensive line got pressure on them. Mm-hmm. So, I mean – it's going to be interesting. It's definitely going to be a, a trench battle this week on both mm-hmm. sides of the ball. Definitely. And just also a shout-out to, you know, the the O-line for, uh, for for their performance in terms of run blocking on uh, on, on Thursday. You know, to, to do that on, on that D-line, it's not an easy D-line to move the ball on. And we have a, we have a young O-line. Still room for growth um, in terms of pass blocking and things like that. But, you know, they've been playing really well. And also, Jordan Mailata, this dude's a freak, dude. You know, it, it, it really just makes no sense. Only two tackles in the NFL have earned an 80-plus grade in both run and pass blocking so far. It's Tyrone Smith and Jordan Mailata. Jordan Mailata switched sides. <laughs> like, he switched sides. He's not even just it's playing so at his spot. Blowing, man. It's, it's, it's crazy. So, you know, they're doing a hell of a job, and they don't get enough uh, appreciation. So I wanted to make sure that, that, that they got that uh, – but they got that shout out. But um, uh, speaking of appreciation, my bad, brother. Yeah. Oh no, uh, definitely we, we have to hit it. Last part. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. So as we all know, legendary '86 has been traded away to Arizona. Me personally, 
it's kind of bittersweet. I have a really mm-hmm. funny relationship with Ertz, man. I love Ertz. I was when everybody else during the offseason was like, trade the guy away. We got guarded. I was the one sitting here like, you guys really just want to throw away the second, the, the franchise's second leader in receptions. Like, mm-hmm. come on, man. Let's be real. He's the reason we won the Super Bowl. He's the one who, caught, who scored that final touchdown. Like, you got to have, like, show respect where respect is due. But then I had to bring myself around where it's like, obviously, like we mentioned at the top of the pod, man, it's a bit of the changing of the guard going on around here, moving mm-hmm. on into a bit of a new era. And I don't want to throw our hopes away. Like, obviously, as every Eagles fan, let's hope they're going like a 14-game yeah. win streak <laughs> and win the Super Bowl. But obviously, that's all probably not going to happen. I mean, mm-hmm. send him somewhere where he got a chance. And I'm really high on Arizona. As me those too. who know me know I say, Kyler Murray is currently, and I, I've been saying this since last year, Kyler Murray for MVP. Hopefully this is the year that I get it correct. But he's been balling everything around him. That, like, honestly, all they was missing was the tight end, especially since Max Williams went down. Mm-hmm. So yep. it's like he went to a really good spot, man. And it makes me really happy that the day of his first uh, practice, he still had his Eagles on. Eagle band. Band. Yeah. It was My like, heart. man, you always, you, yeah, man, home is where the heart is, man. That's a real Philly athlete, bro. Like, he, he got it, you know, Kelsey got it. And it, my, my, my feelings were, were similar, you know, like, um, he came to Philadelphia, you know, around the same time. I, I moved to Philadelphia kind of late. So he came in around the same time and like, I played tight end too. So I was like, Oh, like, I'm going to, I'm going to play like Zach Ertz, you know? So it was always like somebody that I looked up to as, as a player. Um, and then obviously, you know, he went to Stanford and everything. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to go to Stanford too. Obviously none of that happened. I didn't end up in the NFL. <laughs> so here I am, but you know, he was always just a good dude and he, and he worked hard and, you know, I saw the anecdote going about it on, on Twitter um, when he got traded, but after the Cincinnati game in 2016, I remember being like, dude, what the hell is Zachary doing? He, he just kind of skipped out on a block. Um, he could have, I think it was Vontez perfect. Like he could have, he could have like laid a block on him, like Carson get a couple more yards, but he didn't, he got out of the way and everybody called him soft all week. And we just, it was relentless and it was deserved, you know, like don't get out of the way of a block. But, you know, instead of going into a shell saying he has uh, and then going home and then coming back and saying he has back issues and then, you know, getting told that his back is fine. He uh, he said he came to practice practice. (laughs) Right. Right. Exactly. He just he came back and he grinded. And then he the next year, what did he do? He caught the winning touchdown in the freaking Super Bowl. So if anybody has like like a, a Philadelphia movie story as an athlete, you know, since I guess like Vince Papali or whatever, like it's Zach Ertz, like what a story and, and what a guy and exactly what she said. I really like the Cardinals. It's like, it's a fun team and, uh, and, and they're really freaking good too. So I just, yeah, man. I, I wish him the best. I, I really hope that everything works out for him because he, he yeah, gave the city man. everything he had. Yeah, man. He definitely deserves a chance to get another one. He played with a lacerated kidney. Sorry, like I just I totally forgot about that. Like he played with a lacerated kidney. That's nuts, dude. My goodness, man. Borderline crazy person. Like, like that you that is literally storybook. You cannot write this any other way. Literally cannot. From the whole meeting that week and then Dallas week after we was like burn it down, burn the ship. You told the story about the how the uh. The leader burnt all his ship down and told his men, look, we here now. Mm-hmm. So we ain't mm-hmm. got nowhere to leave. And we got to go through with this. This man is legendary, man. You can't make oh. this stuff up. It was that was that year was so worth it. It's it's worth all the pain that we're dealing with now. That was it was magical. There's no explanation, no other way to describe it. No, no, nothing. Just unreal. God. So let's move on to some uh, you know good cop bad cop about some uh about some uh about some some players so the first player i wanted to ask you about was uh a player who we haven't talked about too much which is probably a good thing and that's uh andre dillard what do you what do you think i say you strike why the iron is hot and trade him no i'm just kidding (laughs) i seen somebody post that and it's like i can understand why 
you want to. Obviously, as a team that's quote unquote in a rebuild or restock, whatever you want to call it, you want to stock up on all the ammunition you can to make your team better. Mm -hmm. At the same time, we we obviously seen last three seasons. We've seen this year. The offensive line is not. I don't want to say they're not reliable, but the best ability is availability, and sometimes they're not available. So, mm -hmm. I mean, if you guys want to call yourself sellers and move them, I guess, but I like to think that's something you should be better off save to this offseason. But mm -hmm. in terms of his play, I have no problem with Andre. The Andre Dillard came in, he, had, he didn't look really well last week. He, he did with that play, he was a statue. He just let Shaq Berry. That's what, I was, that's, that's, what, that's what I was about to say. I was about to say, I'm about to be bad cop for a second. So sounds like you were a good cop there. We'll be bad cop and just like trade this guy. He's a bum. He doesn't want to trade sides. He doesn't want to switch sides. We're going to have our franchise left tackle be our swing tackle. Although I've been in support of it as the bad cop, I'm totally against that. But, you know, I, I tend to agree with you. You know, we, I don't think it would be wise to trade him unless we're getting some kind of, you know, crazy return for something hey, man. um you know if, if it's for a linebacker he's gone you know we'll, we'll figure it out driscoll can play tackle you know we'll, we'll do what we need to if it's like a really good linebacker but you know obviously that's all hypothetical um mm -hmm. if it comes down to it i'm not looking to trade andre dillard i think i agree with you i think he's played really well except that play where he was just standing there like I'm not sure exactly what he was doing but he's gotten uh more and more comfortable and you know, we really worried about him in the run game, and he hasn't struggled as as much as um, as much as I thought. He's actually played pretty well. So, um, encouraging signs from him. Will I mean he's he's back to the bench now with with Lane back, but um, you know it's it's never a bad thing to have a, a starting left tackle in your uh, back pocket. I must ask before we go to the next player. Do you think obviously? With how the offense this year is built off yard after catch with all the screen plays and West Coast concepts, white ball, shallow, that stuff, built to get the ball out quick type of thing. Has that played a role in him being successful versus, let's just say, like last year? Mm -hmm. or, obviously, he didn't play last year, but the year before when we were in a system where basically we were trying to create deep passes because we, we didn't have a lot of deep balls. So Yeah, yeah. Um. I think so. Um, I also just think you can't, you know, disregard three years under Stout and three years, you know, even if he's injured, he's still, you know, getting coached up and it's, mm -hmm. there's another, and there's another couple of years getting comfortable. Um, mm -hmm. I think we still, even though our offense is different, I still think we struggle with the same kind of thing. Sometimes we struggle with holding the ball too long, kind of breaking outside the pocket, make our quarterbacks have made it a little bit tough on, on our tackles in, in years past. And we've had really good tackles, so we haven't really noticed. Andre Dillard has been an average tackle, so it kind of comes up more. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I think, I, I just think he's he's just, uh, I think that the system is definitely a good fit for him, but I think him being in the league has really, um, for, for this long has really helped him kind of get comfortable in everything. Because I think a lot of it just was confidence. And I think, you know, just going in practice and and, and just, you know, seeing that you can hang with these dudes, you know, it does a lot for your psyche. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. I agree. All right. So that's my pitch. How about Steven Nelson? Steven Nelson. All right. I can be the good cop for him. Um, you know, he, we brought him in to be a second corner. He's kind of done his job. Uh, got us a turnover when we needed it to to end the uh, the Carolina game. He's had some iffy moments, you know, get, getting uh, what looks like loss in coverage, but a lot of it is also scheme. Um, you know, I, I, I like how physical he's been in, uh, in run support. Uh, other than that, you know, I haven't heard his name too often, so it's not too bad, but, you know, in – I'm just trying to be the good cop. In reality, I think I'm going to be a little bit more aligned with what you're saying. Why don't you go ahead? I mean, it's so he, he's a, a, a iffy circumstance because I saw, some, I saw a statistic today that actually was encouraging. Obviously, you know, the Eagles, they're like, well, I think fourth in passing defense. Like, we, we don't really let teams throw the ball deep over our head. We don't give up a whole lot of yards. And with that being the case, I think I saw that we had 
I don't know if they said top 25 or top 50. It was one of the two. But basically, we got three cornerbacks in that in that range, all of them with 80 grades. Like Avante, Avante Maddox, Steven Nelson, Darius Slate, all graded out with 80s, I believe, pro football focus. So they're not playing horrible football. At the same time, I mean, the sad, the sad reality of the sport is somebody got to get picked on. He the one that's been getting picked on. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> like, and I mean, it sucks the case that, like we said, the murderous row of teams he played against, like, <coughs> bless you, brother. But just the murderous row of teams we played against, it sucks, man. Like, it's not really his fault that he had to run into a Tyreek Hill eventually mm-hmm. and CeeDee Lamb because uh, Amari Cooper already getting handled by Slay. And then got yep. to deal with Mike Evans or Chris Godwin. It's like, it's just terrible luck. Or A.B. Or A.B. Whoever you want. Yeah, man. Like, no, I, 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 I fully agree. It is, it's, it's a tough situation. And, and you just said that all of our quarterbacks are, you know, rated 80 or above. And if I was a quarterback and I was going, like, who am I going to pick on this week? I think Slay obviously has played at a very high level. Avante Maddox has played at a, at a really high level as well. man. And who would have thought moving him back to the slot where he would have been a good fit, like what everybody on freaking Twitter was saying. Like, this was something, all of Twitter, like this never happens. Everybody agreed, put Avante in the slot. And look what happened. We put him in the slot and he is thriving. Like, what was it? It, it was Carolina. Yeah, the, the, the Robbie Anderson deep ball. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know he had acceleration like that. And, and it's not even that, like he's active yeah, in the he game. Yeah, he a 4-3-9, bro. I, I didn't even know, know that. Yeah, that's the way I'm like, Avante 4-3-9, that's cool. That is cool. Yeah. But I must say, now that you brought that up, (laughs) thank you, Avante Maddox, for making me feel vindicated. Because as I said in the last pod, y'all, Robbie Anderson been in witness protection all year long, Mm -hmm. and it would have been just our luck he showed up. I saw that (laughs) deep pass and was like, oh, come on, man. I know. I know. I thought it was – I was like, oh, jeez, dude. And and that would have been – it would have been up two score, three scores. Yeah, two it was something three. big. I think it was up ten at the point in time, so it probably would have been yeah. seventeen. Still two possession game, but just one hell of a play, dude. It was that was awesome. I was like, it's just I haven't seen like you know our D backs just make plays like that consistently in so long. Like it's so nice to see like Slay's making plays. Like that was a D back game, and we haven't had a game like that in I don't even know how many years. Man. I mean, Jalen Mills is still getting toasted in in New England to lose the game. And Nelson Aguilar dropped the ball. Come on. Like, are you kidding me? (laughs) Did Belichick not watch film? It's because they played Dallas. No, bro, because they've been playing (laughs) well this year. It's because they played Dallas. They were Eagles again. They're like, oh, man, we back. (laughs) (laughs) Got to drop the ball now. I got to get burnt on double moves. (laughs) Like, Unreal, dude. Unreal. All right, so why don't we do one more player and then uh, and then we can move on. Why don't we do Miles Sanders? Why don't we do Miles Sanders? Uh, why don't you be the good cop? Because it felt like you might have had something else to say. I don't know, man. Because it's like, it's, again, another funny circumstance. Obviously, you know the mm-hmm. talent is there. We know what Miles can be. And I'm, I'm quite 100% sure he's in his head. Like, I looked at the, his presser afterwards. And, I mean, obviously, he's been a good teammate. He's not going to say nothing horrible. But you could just tell that. Just little terms like still getting used to the offense, just trying mm-hmm. to play my role, stuff like that. You could tell it's kind of frustrating getting used to it. And, I mean, like I said before, when you think about Nick Sirianni, just when you think about all his stops from Indianapolis to when he was with the Chargers, even when he was back with KC for that one year under Todd Haley, all of mm-hmm. them used running back by committees. Like he 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 never had a lead back, so yeah. I don't. I mean, I don't also believe he had a back that was as talented as Miles Sanders is. I mean, maybe Melvin Gordon, but hmm. but I don't know, man. Like it's just so funny. It's so frustrating because you he's a big play waiting to happen. Like you see the statistics where like he's averaging like of his runs are going positive. It's like just give him yeah. the ball, he go forward. I mean, mm-hmm. it might not look like it sometimes because that was my whole thing. He might be like a little Shady-esque where mm-hmm. you get the ball and you're trying to make a move and you make a move. And I'm like, it's cute going laterally, trying to make yourself look good, but go north and south. Go but it sounds like that's what he's doing. So it's like, I don't know, man. 
He even started doing know. it like at the end of the Bucks game. Like he was he was running the rock really well at the end of the Bucks game. Yeah. They were just running the ball. When they finally started running it, like I mean, there was a sarcastic applause, and I was part of it, and it was awesome. But like, <laughs> I mean, he was he was looking, he was being decisive. He saw the hole and he ran the ball. If he can continue that for this next game, like he's he's gonna have an, an incredible game. Like it'll be like a must start start him in fantasy if he's gonna play that way. You know, like. <sighs> You hear me? I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But yeah, my I mean, the other side of it is he's just too indecisive. He doesn't, he just likes to try to find the big play. We need him to just take the positive yards when it's there. The good thing about a running back like Derrick Henry is he's going to just plow forward. He's going to get you four yards every carry. And now I know Miles isn't Derrick Henry. He's not going to get you four yards. Get two yards every carry. You run the ball twice, and then all of a sudden you're in like, you're, you're third and six. If you get three yards, you're in third and four, you know? So just fall forward and that's all you need to do. But if you dance around the backfield, all of a sudden it's second and 16 and you're looking for something. So run forward miles, but Nick run the ball with miles. Thank you. Yeah. Run you know, we know they're miles. listeners. Nick run the ball with miles. Miles. Also, if you're listening, hey, Derek Henry, how do you become six two two fifty? 250? That works too. <laughs> And that fast, and that fast, bro. There's a, there's there was this video of just Derrick Henry dapping up a D lineman, and they're the same size. Yo, it was Jeffrey Simmons, man. Like, yeah, that bro. was the whole thing about Jeffrey Simmons when he came out of Mississippi State. He was just supposed to be this mass haul. Like, dang, Jeffrey Simmons is huge, man. That ACL tear, but this he gonna be a, a, a monster when he get healthy. <laughs> and then I looked at the video, and I'm like. Derrick Henry looks like a linebacker. I'm saying people are trying to tackle him. What is the life? I feel bad for DBs at this point. Oh my God. Uh, Who was it? Michael Miami. Hyde. Oh my God. Yo, Michael Hyde he got, got murdered bro. over, bro. Oh my God. He got murdered. Like <laughs> looking at Derrick Henry. It remind me, like, I'm not sure how much of a wrestling guy you are, but you know when the, they had, like, little Roy Rumbles and the big mm-hmm. guy always in the ring, so everybody run over to him and try to t- stay together, try to get him. That's what it's like, trying to break that carry down, There's man. nothing like, can do. No, we need eight of us. Come on, y'all. They're, like, jumping on his back, trying to bring him down. <laughs> like, just still churning. It's nuts, man. He's different. He's different. Anyways, what's your prediction for the game, bro? What are you thinking? Ooh, is this the first game for the Raiders in front of their home crowd since all of that happened, man? It's probably going to be pretty emotional for them, man. Mm-hmm. This is this week. This, I don't want to call it a must win. Our uh, friend of the good friend of the pod, ESP, he mm-hmm. says if, if the Eagles want to win this, if, if the Eagles want to make the playoffs, this game must win. I'm not sure if I would call it a must win because, I mean, Right now, it's the start of a beautiful friendship with the Eagles now having the easiest schedule left in the league. Mm-hmm. Of course, this week, oh, oh, Vegas. Next week, Detroit. Then we get yep. into some divisional games. The Saints game in a month. So, yeah. I wouldn't call it must-win, but definitely an important game. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it's all going to come down to the Eagles' defense, honestly, man. Obviously, offense is going to have to score some points, but I feel like the opportunity is going to be there. The, the Raiders' defense reminds me a little bit of Dallas, not necessarily as – I don't know how close they are to each other in the rankings, but they're not necessarily as good as the numbers are making seem, but they take the ball away. And if you mm-hmm. can take the ball away, you can stop the other teams from winning. So mm-hmm. we have to protect the football – I'm going to go birds. 21-17. It's going to be an ugly one. Defensive game. All right. I like it. I'm thinking um, I got the birds winning as well. Um, I, I'm somewhere in between on agreeing with ESP and thinking he's kind of, you know, overreacting a little bit. But I don't think it's a must win in terms of like, you know, seeding or anything like that but in terms of this team needing it I think it is you know we just got our ass beat on on prime time that doesn't do well for the second time 
for the second time, right? And now we got a four o'clock game. At least it's not one o'clock, right? You know, you got a couple more eyes on you. I think dudes are gonna want to play. Um, I also just think us running the ball is gonna help us a lot. Um, I think I'm gonna go 27-21 Eagles. Kind of ugly as well, but I think I think I think both teams will be able to put some points up on the board for sure. But Anyways, um, thank you, everybody, for listening. We really appreciate all your time uh, listening to the pod uh, and, and, and all your support. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter, like, rate, review, subscribe. Um, and if you guys have any questions, reach out to either of us on Twitter you know, or, you know, reach out to the pod, at the pod, whatever. We're just happy to answer your questions, you know, anything, talk football, whatever. Uh, we're happy to. Anything you want to say, bro? Definitely, guys. Like, comment, subscribe, rate, review. Um, like brother said, if you guys got any questions, Val Week coming up really soon, pretty mm-hmm. soon. So we'd love to do like a QA piece and Q's is QA. Yep. But <laughs> yes, sir, you guys. Go birds. Let's hope we pull off this victory. We'll talk to you guys again next week. Go birds, baby.